Um, today is a special day, and so um, so today we we usually uh, Perry and I every every year um, on Pastor Appreciation I get Perry on stage to share uh, with me, and so we co co preach. And so I was telling the I was telling the team before church. I said I said just about every year I said there's somebody that hears what Perry has to say, and they get mad at me. Because they're like, why don't you let her on stage more? As though it's my fault that she's not on stage, right? Like, I'm holding her back. And um, the truth is, she does not like being up here. And so I have to beg her and plead with her. And I start warning her about um, August or September. Hey, October's coming. Like, October's coming. you got to get on stage. And so, um, so this, is, this is what we like to do. We call this message, Welcome to Our World. Um, and so every year we like to give you guys a little bit of insight into our world, into what um, kind of what we've been going through and, and, and how our life goes. And, and um, so, yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So today we're going to be um, talking about relationships. This, this year hasn't always been easy for us. Um, we've had some ups and downs this year. Uh, you guys that, that have been here, some of you are first time guests today or maybe you haven't been here in a while. Um, then you wouldn't understand what's kind of what's happening. But um, just recently, Perry lost her dad and uh, to to cancer. That happened just a, a couple of weeks ago. And um, for us, because we do have relatives within the church, so uh, Pastor Jonathan, our worship pastor, is Perry's brother. Um, and, and so it kind of uh, you know it, it it makes things hard here at the church whenever your leadership um, has to go through some stuff like that. So. Um, one of the things we noticed was even through this hard time, we, we noticed all the relationships that God brought into our life. I thought it was really cool, you know, back in August or, or whenever it was that, that we were able to merge with Vine Church. And uh, we had Pastor Nathan come over and uh, Josh came over. And, and, and then whenever we had to be out, those guys led the church. And that was really cool to see how God put those relationships in place years ahead of time. Years ahead of time, because God always has a plan. But here's the thing. God's plan, it's, it's crazy to think that he is omnipotent and he is all-knowing, and yet he still trusts us to carry out the plan. That's nuts. Like, I think he's lost it a little bit. Like, why would you trust me to do anything? You know what I mean? Like, I barely trust myself to be on stage, and he trusts me to do all kinds of stuff. And, and he trusts us to build the relationships necessary to see this kind of stuff happen. So, um, so today we want to just talk about the, the, the importance of relationships and not just the importance of it, but how to build those relationships. And so one of the things, Genesis 2, uh, 18 says this, uh, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. We often throw that in marriage stuff. We say that this is, this is God's um, the, the first marriage and, the, and, and, and God putting a woman with the man. And while that's true, um, it also just has to do with the fact that we need relationships. We need people. God looked at man and said, this dude doesn't need to be by himself. He's got to have other people to help him. And so um, the, the book of Ecclesiastes, I don't have this on the screen, but Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says that, it's in, that, that two are better than one. That a threefold cord is not easily broken. That there's strength, there's power, there's, there, there's protection in relationships. Um, and, and here's the thing, though. It's not just about any relationship. It's, it's about the right relationships. You know, um, anybody can have a relationship with someone, but it's about having the right 
kind of relationships. And so we got a couple of verses, and, and then Perry's going to share some stuff too. But uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruin, uh, ruins good morals. You can have bad relationships, right? You can have relationships that aren't helpful to you, um, or you can have good relationships, right, godly relationships. Proverbs 18, 24, I love this in the New Living. Um, it says this, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. So what we're going to be talking about today is right relationships. We're talking about relationships that are godly, relationships that take you somewhere, not relationships that destroy you or break you down. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Encourage one another and build each other up just as you are already doing. There's two words in there. He says, encourage and build up. The word encourage there means to inspire somebody. It means to inspire, literally, it means to inspire courage in someone. And whenever you're going through a hard time, you need courage. When you're going through a tough time, when you're going through a storm, when you're going through a battle, you need someone there to inspire courage in you. Um, and the word build there literally means to, to build someone. It means to, um, it means to strengthen or to reinforce them. And so um, we just think these are the kind of relationships, this is a characteristic here that we need to look for in relationships. We need to look for relationships that will encourage us and that will build us up. Right, And so I'm going to let Perry kind of share a little bit of where the genesis of this whole thing came from. So every year, whenever, before I get on stage, I always think I'm going to build up my ammunition. to Because he tells all these stories about me all the time, and I have to just sit there and take it. And so every year I think, <laughs> I'm going to come this year with all the stories. And I can't ever do it. Like, I can't ever do it. But, I don't give you any good stories to tell. I'm just so yeah. good. But um, anyway, um, speaking of encouraging and building each other up... Um, I'm not, this service is not going to be all about um, the past month of my life, but I, it's very fresh on my mind, obviously. And um, I, over and over and over, I would look at Gabriel or our family and I would just say, um, man, there were so many times when, like, we just felt just so encouraged and so uplifted, even in the saddest of moments of my entire life. Like I just, and I I started thinking like, not everyone has this, not everyone has somebody to do this for them, you know, like I have. And, um, so I was thinking that's, that's our job. That's your job. My job is to be that for someone else, someone to call someone and say, Hey, I'm praying for you or someone to bring them meals or, um, someone just to send a text and say, look, this is the verse I'm praying for you, or this is the actual prayer I'm praying for you. Um, it really does. We really do need each other. That's why God created us. He created us for each other. Mm. That's good. And one of the things Perry was sharing this with me earlier and, and she was telling me about this, like she just said overwhelmingly, like people calling, texting, checking on her, doing all that. And, and as we started thinking about it, I said, you know, that, that's really good. I said, but not everybody understands or knows how to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Like it's good that she's got them. But sometimes what happens is we'll sit in a service like this and you'll hear someone say, oh, I had this person call me or this person text me or this person did this and this person did that. And then we sit back and we're like, yeah, that's great for you. But what about me? You know, I'm going through a storm and I got nobody. You know, I'm going through a battle and there's no one calling me. So how do I build those relationships? How do I get those relationships? And we live in this world that is um, 
Pastor Nathan touched on it earlier, we live in a world where we, we work from remote nowadays. We, we do DoorDash. We do Walmart pickup. We, we um, have a home gym. We, you know, everything is, is isolated nowadays. And I'm not saying those things are bad. There's times when those things are good. But what I'm saying is we, we built this, we've constructed this culture in this world where we can really isolate ourselves and we never have to be with people. And that's not good. I don't care if you're an extrovert or an introvert, doesn't matter. When God created you, he created you as an extrovert or an introvert, but he created you with the need to be with people, period. And so that's one of the things we want to talk about. Just before we get into some of the nuts and bolts of this, I want us to kind of talk about quickly in a very practical sense. How do I find friends? Like, how do I make friends? How do I get these relationships in my life? And and the first, the first thing I think we can do is learn to go where the people are, right? Like, it, I love to hunt, and deer season is upon us, and I can't wait to fill up my freezer. Like, that's my goal. Um, but here's the problem. If, if I go stand out in the middle of Highway 11 and pull a gun out and set up a stand, right? I'm going to get arrested, first of all. But second of all, there's no deer well, in Alabama, there's deer everywhere. But there's no deer just, just wandering around Highway 11 for me to shoot. Like it's, I need to go where the deer are. And the same thing with building relationships. You need to go where the people are. Like You need to go where the people are. And so I wrote down some areas that worked for us. Church is a big one. Going to church, that's a big one. You can find people at church. Look around. They're all over the place today, right? Um, I, I, I was sitting down front and I turned around today uh, when Pastor Nathan told us to go out and meet someone new. I just looked around. It wasn't hard for me to find someone I've never met before. I went and I met them. Okay? It's, it's important that you go where the people are. Go find people. Church is a good one. Small groups are a good one. Um, one of the things that worked for, for us, I love to work out. I love to go to the gym. For a long time, I would go to a gym and um, like I just go to the YMCA and I put in my headphones and I would do my workout by myself and I didn't want anybody messing with me. And so I would go to the gym for an hour and I would come home and I would have not spoken to anyone. Right. And I'm a little bit of an introvert. Like I can be on stage and talk, but whenever I'm off stage, I struggle meeting people. And so that was very comforting to me to put my headphones in and, and just, you know, not talk to anyone. Um, but then I started going to a gym where everything is class oriented and you have to be with people. You have to be with people. And the first month I was there, I didn't speak to anyone. Like I was just like, but that's not how it works. And so I learned how to talk to people. You can uh, get involved in team sports, something Perry did. She started playing pickleball. And as she played pickleball, she has built this whole group of friends from pickleball. Uh, we, we have our kids in team sports. We've got a whole group of friends from volleyball. When we go watch our daughter play volleyball, we've got all these people that we talk to and we've got relationship with now. Um, We've got ministry friends. We get involved in ministry teams. And, and that's why we have core teams here. And that's why we want you to get plugged in. We want you to find a team to be a part of. Why? Because you can build relationships there. And then, and then just going to work. She's got, she's got friends from work. So whenever we, well, well, whenever her dad passed away and we're going through that tough time, it was amazing to see. It was so crazy. Uh, people from the church were calling and checking on us. People from the gym were calling and checking on us. We, we tried to go walk the dog one day, and people were stopping their pickleball game in, in Trustful at the mall because they knew Perry, and they were immediately coming over, checking on Perry. Um, I think they sent flowers to the funeral. Pickleball people. Pickleball people. 
Like, you didn't even know that was a thing, right? Like, it when is. I said pickleball people, you're thinking, he's saying something bad. No. Pickleball people, they're sending her flowers. Um, so you've got all these people, all these different levels of relationships that we have. But it's because we went to where the people were. We didn't expect them to come to us. Something, too, um, that I want you to always keep in the forefront of your mind is we're talking about having godly relationships. You can find relationship anywhere. So also be aware that in these places, even in church, there can be people that that you cannot find a godly relationship with. You know, we, we want people that don't love the Lord to come to church. So always um, look for God in people. You know, look for God in those relationships. And if you don't see it, I want you to think about yourself and what's your purpose in that relationship. So you may need to be God, not, not that you're God for that person, but you may need to be a light for Christ to that person. So in every relationship that you find yourself forming or even wanting, think about the purpose behind that relationship and what's God's plan for it. Um, and we'll get to this at the end, but ultimately all godly relationships should point you to Christ and should point the other person to Christ too. Um, so the second point is to reach out. Um, so one thing um, that we've learned a lot in ministry is that people don't automatically know that you need a friend. Um, and so, and I think about in my own life, there's certain people that, um, that I'll call for certain things. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but call somebody. Like sometimes, like I have called people um, many times to say, I need you to pray for me or, um, hey, I need a laugh. You know, let's go to dinner and let's laugh together. Or I need, I need to get outside. Let's go, let's go play some pickleball or, or whatever, but reach out. Don't, don't be afraid to say, hey, I need, I need a friend. It doesn't make you uh, a loser. It doesn't make you a bad person to say, hey, I need, I need somebody to confide in or talk to you. I'm, I'm really bad at this. Like, she is amazing at this. Perry can go anywhere and meet a friend. And, like, we'll go places. When we first started doing volleyball with my daughter, um, we would, I guess it's our daughter. She's mine. She's yours, too. Um, and uh, when we first started doing volleyball, like, Perry would be talking, and she'd be cheering for the girls, and she knew all their names. And I'm like, how do you know all their names? She's like, our daughters played on the same team for four years. Like, you should know these people by now. And, like, people would come up and talk to Perry, and she would know the parents' names. And I'm like, how did you meet all these folks? And she was like, we sit by them every, like, two days a, a week. And, and, and my problem is a lot of times I don't reach out. My oldest son used to play football, and um, he, he really didn't play that much. He, he sat on the bench a lot. And then he would play at the very end of the game. He would get in the very end of the game. You know how this goes. And so I would go to these football games, and, guys, I'm the worst. I would go to the football game, and I would go sit by myself and get my phone out, and I would watch real football, right, like, while he's, while he's standing on the bench, because I knew he wasn't going to play, and so I would just be by myself for, like, two hours, and then when it would get to the fourth quarter, I'd look up and be like, all right, are we up by a thousand points? There he goes. Let's watch him, and then we leave, and so I had a bad problem of just not reaching out and not meeting people. When I said I went to the gym and didn't talk to people for the first two months, that's true. The first time I talked to someone at the gym was when they made me because they said, all right, we're doing a team workout. You have to find two friends. And I was like, oh, I don't have two friends here, you know. And um, 
And, and, so, and so I had to meet people. I had to talk to people. And so this is a hard one for me, and it may be a hard one for some of you. Some of you may be introverts. I always laugh. I want to tell this quick story. I know we've got to keep going. But Jim and Rose have a son-in-law named Wes. And one time, Wes and I went and ran a race in Mississippi. And when we were running this race, I didn't really even know Wes that well. I just met him. And, and so Wes forced himself on me, and I was not happy about this. I did not know Wes. And then he heard that I'm running a race, and he's like, hey, can I go with you? And I was like, to Mississippi? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go run that race with you. I already signed up and everything. I was like, yeah, man, I guess so. You know, so for however many hours, we drove to Mississippi, and we go run this race. And we're running the race. And by the end of the race, people are coming up, and they're like, hey, Wes, it was so good to meet you, man. It was so fun running with you today. Wes, uh, you know, give me a call later. And I'm thinking, I was like, Wes, how do you know these people? Like, did you already know them? He was like, no, man, I met them at that obstacle, like, when you were climbing the rope, I was over there just talking to like three or four people, you know, and like I met all these guys and that's not me. I don't do that. So this point today, like I can go where the people are, but it's a struggle for me to reach out. And so Perry is often pushing me, go meet people. And so I'll come back from a ball game. She'll say, did you talk to anyone? No, I usually like if I can't go to the game with them, I'm like, listen, you're about to go to a ball game. I talked to him like a five year old. Don't forget, talk to people. Like, yeah. Don't forget to smile. And it works sometimes. Um, the third thing, the third way to meet people is to search your season. Now, this is a weird one. It's a weird. I know. I get it. You're looking at that. You're like, what are you talking about? Search your season. We are all in seasons of life. Every one of us is in a different season of life. Some of you are not married, and you're trying to get that way, let's say. You're in a different season than Perry and I are in, where we've got three kids. One of them's already starting to look at college. Uh, you know, we, we've got things going. We've got older kids. Um, some of you are empty nesters. You're in a totally different season. You're in the season I want to be in. <laughs> I desire to be in your season, Right? Sometimes I want to hang out with you older empty nesters just to get a feel for what freedom feels like. And for those of you that don't know, our children are allowed to live with us until they die. They they, that is not true. Yes, they can. She's crazy. Um, but search your season. So one of the things, one of the coolest stories that I've seen come out of the church is, um, I call them the pregnant eight. But when all of a sudden we had like eight women get pregnant all at the same time. And they all got on a text thread together. And I didn't know this. I didn't know this until later. But they were all on a text thread together. They were all like calling each other and encouraging each other, talking to each other about what to eat and how to do this and beds and all. I don't know what pregnant people talk about. Um, but but they, they found relationship in a season of life. They were all in the same season. And they found relationship in the season. And sometimes what we do is we desire to be with another group that's outside of our season. And then we get frustrated when that group never wants to hang out with us. Listen, it's not that they don't want to hang out with you. They're just in a different season. Maybe they're too tired to hang out with you. If they're in my season, they're very tired. They're very tired. I want to add something to that. Um, we talked about this, that... Also, you can glean from people that have already been through your season. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes um, I love to reach out to people that are empty nesters or that have walked through um, things that maybe I'm currently walking through. And so some of you that may feel um, disconnected 
like if you're in an older generation disconnected from the younger, you have so much to give and vice versa. And so don't, yes, look for it in your season, but also know that you can minister no matter what season you're in. Um, and look, look sometimes even for the likely relationships, but, but for the unlikely ones too. Um, you can, you can learn a lot from people that have walked different walk, uh, different walk than you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And then, um, is this where I am? Mm-hmm. Um, the next point is to be humble and give access Um, this is something that I've grown, um, a lot in lately. And Gabriel did tell that when Miss Sarah came over one time that I was like, clean the house, clean the house. But, um, you don't always have to be perfect. Um, and, or even look perfect to give, um, people want to see the real Perry. They want to see the real Gabriel. They want to see the real you. And so when, when you're looking for godly relationships, um, we're meant to sharpen each other. And so give access. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, um, but I say that with a little bit of a disclaimer, not every relationship needs full access to your life. Not every person needs to know the most personal parts of your life. So there may be some people that you give, um, more access to as like an accountability partner. Um, but regardless, you don't need to be, um, fake around people. Like it's okay if people see your flaws. It's okay if people see you ask for forgiveness or it's okay if people see you goof up, um, parenting or whatever. Um, so just be humble in that, um, and give access to people. Yeah. I think that's, that's a huge one too. Um, the whole humility side of that is I think sometimes we think it's about us Mm -hmm. and sometimes in a relationship, it's not about you. It's about them, you know, like there's that side of it too. And so, so that's where humility steps in big time for us. Um, so what do these relationships need to look like? And this is, the, is going to be the, we're going to give you guys um, seven or eight things that I feel like relationships need to look like in your life. And if you're having a right relationship, these are the characteristics that you need to be looking for and developing in those right relationships. And, and the first characteristic is this, you need to be able to treat each other well. Sometimes we get in relationships, and I, I talk to people all the time. They'll tell me about a relationship they're in, and, and they're not being treated well. They're like, this person is, is abusive to me with their words, or they're, they're always mean, or they're always negative, or they're always... And, and I tell them all the time, I'm like, that's not a right relationship. Like, this is not good for you. Um, the Bible says in Colossians 3.12, Since God chose you to be the holy people um, He loves... You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I remember, I remember whenever we were younger, when Perry and I were first dating, and um, and, and we both had, you know, we we had our own circle of friends. Um, but I remember there were people in her circle of friends that were just always negative. They were always negative. They weren't always mean. They were just always negative. And, um, and that negativity spilled over into their relationship. And, and I finally told her, I was like, look, this relationship is not good for you. Like this isn't, this isn't proper because this person is not healthy. They're not helping you out. And so in a good, right relationship, you need to find people where you can, uh, treat each other well, where you can be humble and you can treat each other well. You can have mercy and kindness and humility. These are the things we look for in a good relationship. What's number two? 
Second thing is godly friends will help you through hard times. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Um, and then I'm going to read a scripture about Moses, Aaron, and her, but it's in Exodus 17, 11 through 12. It says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning, but whenever he lowered his hands, the Am- Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. Um, Gabriel actually through was talking about that and he said, I think I'm going to take it out. And I said, no, leave it in because I actually specifically thought of this. Um, it was, I think the day before my dad passed away, I really felt like, um, I, I feel like as a body of Christ, we're called to pray for healing until, um, we either see the healing in this physical world or until, um, until God chooses to take them to heaven. Um, or it, from my, or my dad. Um, so that's what I felt like I was called to do. And man, there was just some times where I just was like, I don't even know if I can pray a prayer of faith anymore. This just looks so hard. And I just remember feeling so spiritually tired. Like I knew the verse, well, pray without ceasing. Cause that's what I felt like I did all the time was just pray, 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 pray. And I remember sitting in the ICU room and feeling like I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't watch this. I can't pray anymore. And about that time, two people came up and they had strong faith. And I felt like in those moments that somebody was holding my arms up and they were holding my dad's arms and I'm sorry. Um, But I really felt the body of Christ hold me up at one of my lowest moments and saying, Perry, you don't have it right now, but Right now, I'm listening to the prayers of these saints, and you just agree with them. You just listen to the words that they're praying, and you pray with them. And then there would be other moments, even after he passed, that I just felt so low. And um, I would just feel very undergirded with with people that have seen healing um, when my faith felt weak and I felt discouraged. And that's what we're called to do. We are called to hold each other up in our lowest moments, in our best moments where they're, we're supposed to cheer each other on and getting ahead. But um, I thought about Moses and how he felt tired and how he had two people right there. It was just two. It was just two people right there. I mean, he did have an army fighting too, but um, two people right beside him saying, hey, this doesn't look good. I know you're tired, but you keep going. You you keep your arms up. We're going to do the work for you, but you just stay strong. Mm. And so um, just know that um, if you're not going through a hard time, you may be called to help someone else. And it's, it, it's not always a really hard thing, but it can just be having faith when someone else needs it. And, and I want to tell you something. You're always, I mean, every one of us is going to go through a hard time. My next sermon series I'm going to preach starting next week is about storms. And throughout the scriptures, there's always storms. Like, I swear that the, the disciples, every time they got in a boat, a storm came up. Right? There's always storms. And so we need to have those relationships in place because we know the storms are coming. You know it's going to happen. And so you may as well start building those relationships now. Because who else are you going to call when the storm hits? Right? And so we got to have those relationships because they help us through hard times. The third thing that re- those relationships do uh, is they pray for each other. 
They pray for each other. Now, look, I know what you're going to say right off the bat. Yeah, of course, we pray for each other. You just said, help you through hard times. People were praying. They were praying with Perry and her family and all that kind of stuff. Yes, but there's another level of praying for each other. And this is the level I was really excited about this one. Um, Let me hit James 5 real quick. We say this one a lot in our church. So if you're a church member, you know this one. Um, James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I love the fact that, that he throws in there, James throws in, that the earnest prayer of a righteous man produces wonderful results when he's talking about getting free from sin. He's not talking about physical healing in this moment. He's not talking about a financial miracle in this moment. He's not talking about some big thing. He's talking about getting free from sin, which is the most important thing, right? I would rather rather go to heaven with cancer than go to hell healthy. And so it's important to see that that we need to work on this. And so when when I have a real relationship, it's someone that's going to help me through and pray me through even through my mess-ups. Look at what Jesus, this is the part I really love. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 32. Jesus is talking to Peter, right? Now, Peter had another name. His name was Simon, but then they also called him Peter. Peter means rock. And Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. I think the other disciples probably called him like a rock head, right? Um, so, so, but in this moment, Jesus is being nice to him. He's calling him Simon. He says, Simon, Simon, behold... Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Love that passage. Love that passage. Jesus looks into the life of Simon and he says, there's a temptation coming. I can see an issue that's about to come up in your life. And I'm already praying for you. One of the things when I was younger... Um, I always admired the men in my life. I always admired the mentors in my life. And I was telling Perry, I said, I remember a time in my life when I saw these men in my life and I, and I sat down and I began to write down what aspect of God I saw in that man and, and how that applied to me. And so I remember my children's pastor, a guy named Whit Sasser. Um, he's a man's man. I love Whit. And, um, and I wrote down things about him. I remember um, one of my pastors growing up uh, Mark Sims, and I wrote things about Mark Sims, things I saw, I wrote about my dad, things I saw of God in my dad, and all these men, I began to write these things down, but I remember seeing my, my dad and Whit were, were best friends, and they both worked on staff together, and, um, and I remembered always saying, I wish I had a friend like that, I wish I had a friend like that, someone that would be very honest with me, that would be open with me, um, that would pray with me through issues and problems. And, and along, for a long time, I felt like I never had anybody I could really talk to. And so I was super thankful one day, and it took time to develop. And that's something we didn't say, but sometimes relationships take time. We try to microwave a relationship when it should be a crock pot, right? You try to just jump into someone's life right off the bat and, and start sharing your deepest, darkest details. Hey, you just drove them away, okay? Like, they don't need to know all that. And so, so I, I wanted that kind of relationship, and I was so thankful that, that over time, God brought me some, some people into my life that I could give full access to, that I could say, here's my things, my, my, my issues, my problems, and they could look at my life like Jesus said, said, look, I see a problem, and I'm already praying for you. I'm already praying for you. I'm already going to see you through this problem, and when you get to the other side of it, 
there's going to be strength. So I think that's important. The fourth one is that we need to be able to love without expectation. And there was a little bit of debate between the two of us on this one, so um, it's still in the notes, so obviously I won. But, um, but here's, the, here's the thing. That's what he thinks. <laughs> She's about to change it. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5 says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. Wronged. Um, here, here's the thing. Sometimes I think you see relationships that can get sour really quick when there's always expectation in the sense of, well, I did A, B, and C, so therefore you need to do, you know, whatever the next letters are. I don't know. L-M-N-O-Q. I don't know. I just did that one wrong too. I did something, therefore you must do something. And that's not what love is. Jesus said that we should lay down our life for our friends. There's very little expectation once you're dead, right? If I've laid down my life, I can't expect anything back from you. And so we need to have a relationship where we can love each other without expectation, always this expectation. Because what happens is if you're always trying to expect them to do something back for you, then you're not going to love them back. You're going to sour that relationship very quickly. Did you want to add something to that one? Okay. All right. And then um, next, godly friends will listen to each other. And James 1, 19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Um, and I really feel like this is um, something that God's been developing in me a, a lot, not just this year, but in the last couple years. But um, to be a better listener and um um, also to know that relationships aren't always about you. And so sometimes whenever um, we get into relationships, it kind of ties into the love with, um, without expectations. But we, we want, we want, we want, we want. Um, and sometimes the relationship is about the other person. Um, it's about listening to them and how you can pour into their life. Um, and also um, something else to... Um, I was thinking about a lot with, with what he said about DoorDash and pickup. And, and I know people use this all the time, but with social media, that's not what true relationships are. Those are very shallow relationships. And so I think sometimes people do reach out um, and they want to be heard um, and want someone to listen to them. But on social media, that's not real. It's not real. And so... To, to have a real fulfilling, godly human relationship, I really do feel like we have to pick up the phone or we have to go to dinner or we have to see each other at church to, to really build that deep connection. Um, so anyway, listen, listen to each other. Yeah. The sixth one, and we're almost done, is we have to forgive each other. You have to forgive each other. That's hard, Right. If someone really hurts you, it is so hard to forgive them. Um, but the fact is, we have to forgive because Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who, who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. One of the hardest ones on that one is the first little part. It says, Make allowance for each other's faults. This isn't in my notes, but as I read it, I was like, oh, I don't like that part. Let's get to the forgive part, right? I have to know that there's going to be times when you're going to mess up. 
And you have to know there's going to be times when I'm going to mess up. And so we need to make an allowance for the fact that, hey, there's going to be times if I'm friends with Josh, there's going to be times Josh is going to say something stupid. It's going to happen. And I just got to know that was Josh. It doesn't mean that it's okay for Josh to say something stupid. But I got to know that it's okay that there's going to have that that moment's going to happen. And Josh has to know there's going to be times I'm going to do something dumb. We can't expect everyone to be perfect all of the time. You make a little bit of an allowance there. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we don't hold people accountable. Right? So we, we make an allowance. We forgive. But listen, here's something else to remember. You can't forgive somebody for something that's not been pointed out. So, so there's going to come that time when we hold each other accountable. Jesus said, Peter... You're going to mess up. So there was a reality there too. Um, I think I think Pastor Nathan preached about this a couple of weeks ago. Grace and truth. You got to have both. So grace says, I know there's going to be times in our marriage when she's going to be mean to me, right? Here he goes. I'm sitting right like, up here with him, and here he goes. <laughs> like like last night. Like there's those times when she's mean to me, and um, and then there's other times when she's not. So I got to make allowances for that. Um, you want to do the seventh one? Um, and then godly friends will celebrate you. Um, Romans 12 and uh, verse 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Um, we should celebrate each other. Like don't, don't always be competitive. I'm the world's worst at being competitive, but encourage each other, build each other up. If you notice that someone is doing something awesome, let them know, like celebrate the wins with them. I was thinking about, um, you know, every time a funeral comes around, you think, man, I wish they could have heard all these things while they were alive. Do it. Celebrate people while they're alive. You know, send them the text, tell them what a blessing they are. Um, so celebrate each other. Um, through the good times, and then obviously mourn with those who mourn, um, also. And then I think I think too on that celebrate with each other. Um, one of the things I think is really cool is so yesterday, uh, G two and I were in a in a competition in a um, CrossFit competition, and we're we're in this competition and we're competing against other people. So you want to do well and you want to beat the other people. Like there's that there's that desire to win, you know. Um, but at the same time. Like you stand around and like once you compete, then you stand around and you start cheering for the people you're competing with. And I thought there's no other place in the world that you would do that. Like, like you don't see, uh, you know, who's um, who's a bad team? Um, Alabama. Like you don't see Alabama. Like they don't come off the field. They don't come off the field and immediately start cheering for LSU. Like they don't do that. They should. But they don't do that. They don't. They're not like, wow, you guys are doing awesome out there. On the football field, they don't do that. And I, I got to thinking about that, and I thought, I thought how important that is in relationships. You know, like, there's so many times, um, I remember one time, and, and so I'll be very honest with you, you guys know you're, you're like my accountability partner sometimes. So I remember one time we had, uh, we had this car, and it was, a, it was bad. It didn't, it didn't have air conditioning, and we couldn't afford to fix the air conditioning. And... Um, and so we had this car, and we're, we called it the hot car. And so she drove the hot car in the winter, and I drove the hot car in the summer. And, um, and so, so we had the hot car. And I remember one time, 
we decided to give the hot car away, right? Like, wow, you guys are very generous. Um, but we gave, we gave it to a couple that were both mechanics. The husband and wife were both mechanics, and, and they needed a vehicle. And we thought, if anybody could fix a hot car, it's these people. You know, so we gave them the hot car. And, um, and I just thought immediately, I was like, okay, God, I know, you know, you're going you're gonna to bless us. You know, because we did this grand gesture, you're going to bless us. And so, um, and so he didn't. And so for a long time, and so I had to drive the church van around because no one ever drives the church. So I'm driving the church van around, you know, which is super cool, like totally cool. And, um, and then we had another guy on staff with us at the time, and he left. Uh, Shane left to go start a church. He leaves to go start a church, and someone gives him a vehicle. And I was like, God, hello. I sold a vehicle. I should get a vehicle. This joker is leaving me. And someone just gave him a vehicle. And like he's coming up to me being like, hey man, isn't this awesome? This guy just gave us a vehicle. And I should have celebrated with him. But I'm going to be, if we're being totally transparent today, I was like, oh man, that's awesome. That's really good. That's really good. And on the inside, I was just like, I hate you. Like, I hate you. I, hate you. I didn't really hate him. He's, my, he's like one of my best friends. But I was just, on the inside, I was like, I was so mad I couldn't celebrate with him. And then my grandmother passed away. And I'm not saying God killed my grandmother to give me a car, but uh, my grandmother passed away. She was like 90-something. She was very old, and she passed away. And I got her vehicle. I got her vehicle. And it was a Buick, and it was so not awesome. We called that one Meemaw. We called that one Meemaw in honor of Meemaw, in honor of Meemaw. The window didn't work. It fell down. I had to duct tape the window. The ceiling stuff was falling. And it was almost like God was like, you want a vehicle? Here you go. You know, I will bless you. I will bless you. I just really think like you can see the selfishness in us sometimes. But when we learn to celebrate each other. And last week I talked about how generosity kills selfishness. Well, celebrating with other people kills selfishness as well. And I had to learn the hard way how to celebrate when someone else has a victory. Just because you don't have the victory doesn't mean you don't celebrate with them. We're going to end with this, and Perry already alluded to it. It's that a a good, right, godly relationship will always lead to Christ. It always leads you back to Christ. And there's a story in Luke chapter 5. It's it's an awesome story, one of my favorites. I think I say that about every story, don't I? Luke 5, 17 says this. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, and they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles and they lowered the sick man down on his mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now notice this. I want you to look at this. Verse 20 is key. It says, seeing whose faith? Not the paralyzed man, not the Pharisees, not the crowd, but seeing their faith. The four men on the roof, lowering their friend down, Jesus said to the young man, your sins are forgiven. A good relationship is always going to take you back to Jesus. It's always going to take you back to Jesus. 
And all you got to look is you got to look at your relationships. And this is the litmus test that you need to make sure it passes first and foremost. I put it last because I wanted you to remember it. But it's the most important thing is, is this relationship getting me closer to Jesus or is it taking me further away? Is this relationship pushing me closer to Christ or is it pulling me further away from him? See, we need four friends in our life. We need some people in our life that whenever we feel paralyzed, when we feel sick, when we feel down, when we feel out, when we're going through a storm, we need friends not that are going to come criticize us, not that are going to put us down, not like Job's wife. I'm reading Job right now. It's so hard to read. But Job's wife says, just curse God and die. We don't need those kind of friends. We need friends that are going to grab us and say, hey, look, I know you're going through a storm. Let me walk through the storm with you because I know who's on the other side of this storm and it's Jesus and I'm going to get you there. I'm going to build you up. I'm going to strengthen you. And the last thing I wanted to say when we were talking about this is if you're looking for a relationship, God is that number one relationship. You're never, ever going to find fulfillment in a human relationship that should be what God has. And so look, at, look inwardly right now and ask yourself, am, am I looking for in people what God is supposed to be in my life? Am I spending time with my creator? Am I spending time with the one that craves a relationship most with me? And if you're not having that time with him, if you're not if you're not pursuing him on your own, a relationship is never going to feel fulfilling because that's what God's meant to be in your life. He's meant to be the one that loves you the most. He's meant to be the one that you cry out to, to ask for forgiveness first. He's meant to be the one that you celebrate the wins with, that you're thankful for. He's meant to be the one that you go to first when you're mourning. All those things God is meant to be first. And then we, the body of the Christ, is extra right? We're extra. We're the human, um, boots on the ground, but God is right there with us. Make no mistake of that. And so I want you to think about that. Am I pursuing the one relationship that matters? That's the, the one that really matters. Right. And then after that, there's other ones that matter too, but he's the one that matters most. Why don't you stand up with me this morning as we close out? In just a second, I'm going to have some folks come down to the front to help us pray. And, and I was really excited this week. Like, I was like, man, we're going to do fam fest. And as soon as we get done talking about relationships, I'm going to release everybody outside. And you're going to go meet people. And, and then the rain came. So you'll have to come back next week. And we'll give you an opportunity to make relationships, right? But for this week, here's what I want us to do. In just a minute, some people are going to come down. They want to pray with you. If you have anything you need to pray about today, whether it has something to do with the message or not, doesn't matter. You, you got an issue with your family. You got an issue with your finances. You got an issue with your health. We want to pray with you this morning and give you that opportunity. But first, I want to give you the opportunity for the best relationship you'll ever have. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man would open the door, I would come in with him and I will eat with him. I will have dinner. Jesus says, I want to have a relationship with you. I don't want to just be your God up there somewhere. 
I don't want to just be a king that, that's sitting on a throne that you have no access to. I also want to be your friend. I just happen to be a friend that's willing to lay down his life for you. See, Jesus is a friend that listens to you. He's a friend that loves you. He's a friend that, that forgives you. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one that we need in our life. So if you would, close your eyes with me for just a second. And as, we're, as we've got our eyes closed, prayer team, y'all can come on down. But for those of us still in our seats, here's what I want us to pray. If you don't know Christ as your friend, if He's not your Lord and Savior, if He's not living in you and through you, if you haven't given Him everything you've got today, I want to give you that opportunity. And so I just want to pray for you and I want you to begin to pray on your own. But, but begin to pray and begin to ask Him to come into your life. Matter of fact, I'll pray to give you an example and you just pray along too. But Lord Jesus, we just come before you today and we understand that we're not perfect. We understand that we've got sin in our life. We understand that we've got to have you. That, that without you, every storm takes us out. Without you, we lose every battle. But with you, God, we can make it through every storm. With you, God, we can run through every army. And so God, today... We ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into our life. We ask you to be that friend and, and forgive us of our sins. We thank you today for dying on the cross as payment for our sins. But we also thank you for conquering death by being raised from the dead. So that one day, whenever I die, when I die, I go to be with you. To be with my friend for eternity. And so forgive us today of our sins and lead us today into a relationship with you. We give you everything that we have. In Jesus' name.